most competitive guy. I, I mean, I would throw on Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. It's basketball. It can't be, you know, you, you can't overthink it. Along with Jimmy King, who is um, in Texas, I believe. And yes, um, the other day, uh, I guess Nate Burleson, who used to play for the Lions, received a text from Matthew Stafford, the Lions quarterback, of course. And they would talk about Stafford being a dark horse to be MVP uh, in, the, in the NFL. And Stafford texted him and said, I don't want to be a dark horse. I want to be the MVP. That's his goal. He wants to be MVP of the league this year. Now, I don't think that can happen because the MVP is, is about greatness, not only for the individual, but it's also a team award. If Stafford is the MVP, you know what that means? It means the Lions would have won their first division title since the early 90s. He cannot win that award unless the Lions win the division because, A, that team is not respected. He's not respected. If he passes for 5,000 yards and they finish second, everybody's going to say, well, so what? He's done this before, blah, 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 blah. But if he passes for, let's say, 4,534 <laughs> touchdowns and they win the division, MVP. So that's what's going to have to happen. So you have to have faith in Stafford, and you have to have faith in that shitty lineup, too, for <laughs> Stafford to be the MVP this year. And you're giggling because well, I know you love the Lions. You know what I'm going to do, buddy boy? You know what I'm thinking, doing? I got invited to the Lions' first home game. Now, we can't go in. But we're going to hang uh -huh. out downtown and watch the game on TV and – be with the other lion slappies and have a good time. So I, I might, I may do that. But you have to have faith in Stafford, and you have to have faith in that team for Stafford to win the MVP award. Jimmy King, will Matthew Stafford be the MVP of the NFL this year, or even the top five? <clears throat> no, he will not be the MVP, but he may be in the top five. Uh, I think he can be in the top five. Um, the MVP is something that is, it's an individual award, but it's a team award. It's, it's something that you're not allowed to be successful or to have the numbers, um, that you have, if it wasn't for the people around you, the coaching, scheming, um, the defense, um, you know, uh, your your supporting cast, your 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 blocking, your linemen. Like, there are so many factors that has to go into that for him to win the MVP. That's the reason why it's difficult in the first place to 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 win it. I think he has the talent to win it, and I think that if he's put in the position um, to put up the numbers, he will be considered. And I think he will be in the top five um, as a as a candidate. But it's tricky um, because at some point, you know, you have to be able to sometimes not be. Uh, you have to be versatile. 
For instance, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes, as great as a player as he is, for a stretch in the playoffs, didn't throw the ball. I think it was one game where he threw the ball maybe 15 times. And then in the playoffs, I think he threw it for maybe 40 or 50 times, you know, like a record number of times. It's, you have to be and, – and your fan base has to be willing to accept that you're versatile and not be so critical. And I don't think Matt Stafford has that type of fan base. I think they're either critical or they love him. I don't think they give him the benefit of the doubt uh, when I look at the type of uh, criticism that he gets, particularly in, from our area. Now, across the country, when I have conversations about our beloved Lions and Matthew Stafford, our quarterback, he is perceived as an elite quarterback um, most of the time. Well, you know this. If he played for any other team in that division, Minnesota, Chicago, or Green Bay, he would have multiple playoff wins. You know how many he's got with the Lions? Zero. <laughs> but you know, you can't hang that on Matthew. It's a, that's an organizational thing. And if Matthew and takes us out of that, this our game. If he plays for any other organization in that division, he'd have multiple playoff wins. I'm blaming it on the Lions. That's the biggest I detriment. Hate say, I hate to say, I hate to say it. You, you, you are, you are correct. I just hate you know, to like admit that. I just don't like to say it because it just sounds bad. It just makes Detroit look bad, and I don't like it. No, no, no. Detroit doesn't look bad. The Detroit Lions look no, bad. This has I mean, no reflection Lions. on the city, no reflection right. on the fans. The Lions, one of the worst organizations I mean. in right. And it's a laughing stock all across the country. Nobody even considers them like nobody even thinks about like in public uh conversations like even the cowboys get discussed and they haven't won since 93. yeah but the, the cowboys have a pr machine out there they have people convinced they're america's team they're on yeah, they tv at four o'clock all the time they win a share of the games they have won in the past uh they have a, a flamboyant owner they've got High-profile player, so people. Well, you need to tell me we need to go get a flamboyant owner. We need to go get a flamboyant. Huh? We need to get a flamboyant owner, and then wouldn't and then people wouldn't be so hard on the Lions. Is that what you're saying? We'll be oh, as, just win. as The Cowboys have won division yeah. titles. The Cowboys have been to the Super Bowl. They have had a good past. Now it's sucked in the last few years, but we're talking about the Lions. Zero for 50-something as far as making the Super Bowl. They've never done it. And only two or three so, teams have, have been like, like that. So if that's the case, so then if, if, Matthew Stafford, if that's the case, then if Matthew Stafford uh, takes his team to a playoff and gets a victory, is he the greatest Lion of all time? Or one of the greatest no, Lions? very standard, brother. That's Barry oh, Sanders. Okay. I said one of, one of. No, no, you said the greatest of all time. Yeah, I changed that. At That's first, why he'll never be the greatest. Barry Sanders is unequivocally the greatest, but one of the greatest. He would be, but Detroit won't give him credit for that 
because there's been too many years okay. of making the playoffs. It's, it's it's rough on him here. I I agree. They're not gonna give it up two to him. Years of not making it, but finally making it. It's not like they were making it before he got here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, what are we saying? Like, are we trying to hold him to? A, if that's the case, then the greatest of all time, Barry Sanders, we should hold him to that standard too. We should hold Megatron to that standard. Barry Sanders went to the playoffs five times. Barry Sanders won, actually won a playoff game. Yeah. You know he beat? Dallas. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. I know. Yeah. Because because I was living in, well, I wasn't living in Dallas, but, uh, you know, growing up in Dallas, everybody automatically assumes that you're a Cowboy fan. And I am. I do love the Cowboys to a certain extent. I just can't get with that blind love, though. But, um, but, but at during that time, though, believe it or not, I was rooting for the Lions because Barry is my guy. There was only two jerseys I've ever worn in my lifetime, and that's Barry Sanders and Greg Lloyd. What about your jersey? You wore your jersey. Oh, you know, that's, I mean, that's, I had to, to play. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you won't see me walking the street with my own jersey on. I know. I saw Not you yet. wearing a number 14 jersey. What was that up? What was that about? 14. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Um, that was a McDonald's, uh, that was my McDonald's n- number. My McDonald's okay. jersey number. Because they go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, that that's that's USA basketball. USA okay. basketball goes one through twenty. One through twenty. Uh I was number dang, what was my number? I was number eight. I was number eight. That's I shared the same number as Scotty Pippen. Okay. Beautiful. So And we won the bronze. Uh, we shouldn't have won the gold. We lost to Russia. We let a 6'10 center dribble all the way down for a layup. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and, it like and if he had missed, here's the thing you got to understand. If he had missed, they would let him try it all over again for the layup. <laughs> that's the way they did when that's they were in Russia. It was, like, it was like a bad movie. He almost went like baseline to baseline. It was incredible. You, I was you like, feel wow, like in that moment you let your country down? Or was it just a loss? Uh, no, I didn't feel like I let the country down as bad as that sound, but it's a loss. It's still a loss. It's a hell. You know, we did come back with the bronze, so we didn't come back. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't go over there or come back empty handed, but we definitely should have won the gold. Right. Now, I ask you a question about Miguel Cabrera. Is it time to say goodbye to him if you can get rid of his contract? I think we, we face the same situation here in Detroit with Blake Griffin. You know, he's been injury prone. He's not what he used to be. Uh, he's not as athletic as he used to be. Still a very good player, but this is a guy that's just maybe a misfit on a young team, a team trying to figure out where it's going. If you could rid yourself of Blake Griffin's contract, would you do that if you were the Detroit Pistons? Because I would. You said you would get rid of him? Could you, would you get rid of that contract, trade him, or do whatever? 
Yeah, trade them. It's a um, see the thing about this. That's that's tough. You're not going to be able to uh, match those. Uh, kind of match the the assets, and that's what's going to be uh, the toughest thing. Um, you're going to have to give up a lot unless you're going superstar for superstar. But um, I don't think you know the majority of the league or you know looks at him as a uh, as a superstar. He's clearly a star. But um, it, it, it's, it's, it's just hard. The economics makes it hard. So I think you're stuck. I think you're stuck with the Blake Griffin um, for the duration you of the contract. Stuck, if you could, if you could get rid of it, would you do it? Would you say goodbye to Blake Griffin? Or once again, would you try to hang would, on to the possible? I, I would get rid of Blake. He's injury prone. Um, he hasn't been healthy throughout his career. Uh, the expectation, in my opinion, has been greater than uh, than than the output. But I, I think potentially he could still help a, a, a championship team. He's expanding his role. He can shoot the three consistently. Um, he has flashes of the young Blake Griffin, the athletic Blake Griffin that we've known to love and see. So um, I think he can become – a serviceable veteran, uh, but his contract is so hefty; it's just difficult to to be able to to bring or have players in uh, that can fit. And he's a unique and, and a different style player, so I don't know how you can also scheme around him. Um, uh, it, I would try to get rid of him or, or, or dump that contract. And uh, and bring in an influx of of young, hungry uh, players that I can I can get to work together and fit in a mold in the system that's going to be sustainable over a long period of time. Yeah, I think the one thing he does bring that I would miss if I was the Pistons is professionalism. Uh, he's a very professional guy. He um, understand he gets on guys who don't put out. Uh, who don't work hard. He wants everybody to work hard, whether you're injured or not. And that's something that I think is very important in today's NBA, even yesterday's NBA. I mean, there's some guys that clown. Uh, I, I tell you, and it's probably a guy, he's probably your best friend. I tell you, he was a clown. A man just died the other day. It was Clifford Robinson. <laughs> he was a very, he was a good player, but yes. I put him on my clown list in the NBA. Um. Pistons are playing Portland in the NBA Finals, 1990. And to me, the NBA Finals, the playoffs, the most important time of the year. Uh, after game three in Portland, some of us writers, we went out, went out to the club, and we were stumbling out the club at 2.30 in the morning. And that afternoon game, the next game, they guess who we saw stumbling out with us? Clifford Robinson was right along with us. <laughs> That's Uncle Cliffy. And they had a him. one o'clock game the next day. But but that's he okay because let me, let me okay, let me say this. All right. This is this this goes against popular belief or or what we tell our kids, you know, growing up. But this is mm -hmm. professional sports. These are grown men. Some people uh -huh. perform better 
hanging out, being loose. They can't be on a tight schedule. They have to be able to go out to a club and hang, kick a party, drink a little something, maybe even smoke a little something. There are players like that, i.e. Michael Jordan. Then you got some players. They do everything, you know, they're in bed by 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. You know, they got to have their tea in the morning. You know, they have to have a certain routine. You'll never see them out. You'll never never see a drink in their hand. You'll never see them smoking a cigar or anything. So it just depends on the individual. And what I caution people is, like, don't get caught up in that because they're pros. There are some people that you actually do want out like that who play better. I'm not going to name their names because, you know, they're – they're professionals, and I'm going to remain professional, but there are players that I play with that I know without a fact that you will want them hanging out and doing their thing and, and not going against the grain or not going against the thing that makes them happy so that you could get what you need out of them. Um, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman is one of those guys who jump in and jump out. He may jump in and be very disciplined, and you could count on him, but then – He'll have a break where you need to send him away and so that he could get his mind right and then bring him back in the fold. And then you got guys that can stay in the fold and juggle both, i.e. Michael Jordan. And then you got guys who just are perceived as a partier, like like a Cliff, Uncle Cliff Robinson. So whatever floats their boat, whatever works for them, because I remember a lot of times in the playoffs where Uncle Cliff came through. He did his thing. So it didn't matter if he was hanging out at the club, sipping some, tip, tipping out or not. He performed on the basketball court, and that's all that mattered at the end of the day. Well, guess what? Um, I remember Kevin Duckworth was with him that night. <laughs> couple guards were there. Clyde Drexler was not there. In the bed. Huh? And you know what? See, Duckworth might have needed to- See, that's an individual thing. Duckworth might have needed to stay at home that night. Like, during the season, he may have gotten away with it. He may have been able to do it. But during the playoffs, Duckworth might have been the guy to be like, hey, look, you do your thing, but I'm I'm getting these extra winks in tonight. I'm going to get an extra hour or two in. No, no, Duckworth was out. Week. No, Duckworth that's what I'm saying. Duckworth was out that night clowning. No, no, that's what I'm saying. He might have needed to stay home. Yeah, he definitely didn't need to say because Bill Lambeer was in his head the whole series and just took him out of the series. <laughs> well, Bill did that to right. everybody. Bill was, Bill was very Not underrated. Like this, I, I knew that Not like, like that you had to at least mentally prepare for Lambeer because you didn't know if he was going to snap your neck on a back screen or – uh, was he going to hit you in the elbow if he grabbed a rebound? Was he going to stick one of those tree trunk legs out there, you know, um, in transition? So you, you you had to be aware of him. And that's something um, that you – that's additional preparation that, that gets you outside of your game. While he's relishing in, in his element, you know, some players have to think about protecting themselves against a Bill Lambert who was considered considered wild. But I just think he played hard. That's true. K, 
Evan Duckworth to me was a fatty, but I, I still think he had a little bit. Of That's why he needed to stay home. Yeah, I know. He he didn't need anything else in that big belly, but Lambeer was <laughs> in his head the whole series, and you can see Duckworth looking around like, "Where is he? I know he's here somewhere." And he was never mm-hmm. in the series. He was he was pudding, mm-hmm. a pudding. I love uh, it. I love that about players who are able to get in other players' heads. As a member of the Five Five, and what we tried to do was always have an advantage over our opponent mentally. Was there That's a team we, we, in particular that you knew you were in their head as soon as they walked on the court? Oh, my God. The, the number one team or the best example I could give you was when we played Oklahoma State in the Sweet 16. Um, I think it was the Sweet 16, my freshman year. Or it was either the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. And uh, uh, we had to play uh, Byron Houston. And I remember standing at half court with the rest of my teammates. And we were literally, we rarely did this. We never really did it to this effect. We stood at the half court line and laughed and cracked jokes about how little Byron Houston was how they didn't have a chance to win if that was their center. Like we were talking about like how our backup point guard was bigger than their center. Like we were really letting them have it. We had so much fun that that time that was almost illegal. So yeah, it, 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 you, you kind of use those motivations and use that, that type of um, uh, engagement <laughs> as as mm-hmm. as a as a tool as as a tool to get in other people's head and it worked it worked Byron Houston had a horrible game we were in his head the whole game you could tell uh, the energy was sucked out of them uh, before the game we literally ate their lunch before the game I tell you uh, I remember what covering. 